grab your friends. It's time for Meta Watch, the world's first, best only, and probably last Metabots Damashi podcast. My name's Mitch. I use he and pronouns, and I remember the first episode like it was yesterday. Joining me as always, joining me as always, joining me as always, joining me as always, Colin. Hi, I'm Colin. I use they, them pronouns. And wow, it feels like the last 20 years of my life only had uh, three that were important enough to end up in a clip show. I mean, I I also probably <laughs> would say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi, everybody. We're yeah, we I didn't think we would. We're, we have a clip show tonight. We did yeah. not realize we were going to have a clip show on the show, let alone that we were going to have a clip show fully past the halfway point of Damachi. <laughs> Yeah, there's not a whole lot of episodes left uh, for us to get a clip show. And we just had, you know, like five minutes of clip just a few episodes ago with Cam. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, this is the thing is, is uh, Metabots has never shied away from having like a very quick flashback or Mm -hmm. some exposition that like really like goes over stuff uh, to like reacquaint you with things. Or like, I think the really smart thing that it does do, uh, which we've commented on before, is like, you know, if if we're going to have an important episode that's going to feature um, uh, fucking uh, Rakusho, mm-hmm. let's say, uh, and Rakusho hasn't appeared for a while, we are going to get a filler episode that is going to reintroduce something to remind us about Rakusho before we get to the plot-heavy episode that Rakusho is going to be in. Like, the, this is this is the thing that, like, when Metabots is going on, on full tilt uh, and, and plotted really well, especially in the first two seasons, like, if it's been a while since we talked about ancient metals, uh, then something's going to happen in a non-plot-important episode before that to remind us about that plot point before it sprung on us in, like, the following episode where this is going to be, like, what the entire plot is going to, like, hand you around. Um so it's just weird to have this clip show is just weird <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. And yeah. one of them is we've never had one in Metabots before. And here we are 12 episodes away from the fucking end of the show. And uh, we're getting one. <laughs> so I have, uh, I got two theories here about this clip show. Uh, and we'll touch it very briefly, I think, because there's, a, there's nothing to this clip show. It's, cl- it's very long clip, very long clip, very long clip broken up with Iki, Arika, uh, Genkai, and the Metabots just kind of chilling on a hillside uh, talking about stuff. Um, they don't yeah. really say anything important. Um, so, like, very clearly, they saved a lot of budget on this one because they only have a clip and then almost zero animation Yeah, well, for the whole is, episode. Um, oh, man. Uh, I mean, like... yeah. Gundam Seed won't come out for another couple of years, but uh, the Gundam Seed and Seed Destiny are shows that are well known for having clip shows for this exact reason. Like they basically have, like I want to say, um, there's a clip show. There's two clip shows in Seed, and I want to say there's like three or four in Destiny. Um, and like they are, they are like this. There is a very loose frame narrative going on. Uh, that you cut to three or four times over the course of the episode, mm-hmm. and the rest is just really long clips from previous episodes. Uh, I think the thing that makes this clip show even wilder is the fact that we only represent, or uh, we only like reference, uh, what like um, three episodes. I think. Yeah, four. Uh, well, four if you treat the uh, like once the a meta fighter is two yeah. two separate episodes technically, which um, I don't. I don't split that. It's yeah, because. Uh, <laughs> 
Because, like, the, I guess the, the, just to get this out of the way really quickly, uh, the frame narrative is that Arika wants to interview Iki and Genkai for a special edition of the newspaper, um, and talk about, uh, the, the things they've gone through and, like, what kilobots are doing to society and all of that. Uh, and so it's, it does smartly point to what are the most important, like, uh, like, like episodes. Of, of like, the, you know, from when Metabots was bad. Uh, and the answer to that is the first episode when Genkai shows up and they fight Desperado. Uh, the first episode where Genkai gets Unitrix. Uh, the, uh, and then and then the tournament where, where Genkai flips. And then the episode where Icky cheats on a test. That's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is uh, episode 26. Um, so... I, I mean, at the beginning of a core, you know, saving some. That's that's true. Like it, it does kind of make me feel like I there again. There is no information out there about Damashi, no. but the fact that it does end at thirty nine makes it sound like it got canceled prematurely. Um, for for ratings reasons. So like, yeah, I guess twenty six is a smart place to do a clip show if you think you're going to go all the way to fifty two. <laughs> uh, the other possible reason uh they have a clip show centering on genkai and how great genkai is is he dies like really quickly <laughs> like really soon <laughs> he's just dead uh yeah. that's the other possibility because um this clip show is all about genkai and uh the last thing said in the show essentially is uh arika decides the article is going to be entirely about how genkai uh has this miraculous change uh gives his story and then doesn't proclaim uh, proclaim him as the main character, but like he's basically he's basically the main character, which yeah. means well, I mean, like he might that's die. the whole thing about the the thing that we've kind of like come to with Dimashi is the fact that like you know Genkai is clearly a beloved character by like the writing staff, mm-hmm. um, and it really feels like uh you know they wanted to do this plot this. The, uh, this this overarching plot about uh you know um like what what is the spirit of of meta battles what is the spirit of competition etc cetera, etc cetera. and you and just couldn't figure out a way to make it work with Icky um and I don't know if it's new writing staff or if just like a new like directional push to to make it work but like either they planned from the start to make Genkai the person that like the emotional core of the show hinges on, or they tried really hard with Icky at first realized it didn't make any sense because he's a fucking championship row battler. And like then had to salvage it halfway through with this game with like, you know, bringing Genkai into like the main cast as a hero and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, no, he is like, even yeah. if Icky is still like the capital M main character, of the show, like the, the heart of the show is Genkai. Genkai is the character that is like kind of everything is pinned on as far as what the fuck this, what Damashi is about. Uh. Yeah. Um, the other weird part about this clip show, um, and like another one of the emotional hearts of the show, which um, just started like picking up, um, is Zuru. Zuru's not in this episode or in any of the clips. Yeah. Um, and like, he is the other heart of the show. And again, it just started kicking back up with him, um, meaning anything at all for him. Um, I, so it's it's weird. It's weird they didn't try to touch on that at all. Unless, again, Genkai bites the dust. He kisses his I'm not, bot well, goodbye. 
uh, also remember the previous two episodes were Rocks Reborn and I Killabot, yeah. which are very much like yeah. uh, That's fair. they are Cam and Zuru heavy episodes. Now, uh, <laughs> here's the thing. He could become Reverse Brandon and just turns into a goblin. Or Reverse Michael and becomes a cat. Like, that is within <laughs> the realm of possibility for Metabots. Yeah, um, he becomes Bacadi. Well, we are going. We're gonna. We are gonna get some death flags here in the next episode for for Genkai as well. So, I mean, I'm not writing off your theory. Uh, I think it's it's you know I've watched a lot of mecha anime. You're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> if if Genkai was going to be turned into one household pet, what do you think he would become? A bulldog. He'd be a big old or or just a really fat cat. I think he's got to be large. Is the thing. Ooh, him being a big dog with the uh, the more hints of the Genkai Sam romance, and obviously Samantha's a cat. Obviously, like we don't have to state that. Uh, you know, <laughs> the dog cat like thing. You know, that might work. Yeah, <laughs> but um, honestly, I don't have anything else to say about this clip show. Yeah, do you? Do you? I think it's just it's really funny they did a clip show just yeah. to get us caught up on uh the genkai episodes yeah. and it really does point to like how dog shit the first like 10 or 12 episodes of the show are uh yeah but oh, uh man. following up a clip show is maybe one of the best episodes of metabot ever made like metabot or damashi like yeah I'm, I'm throwing it out there it's it's top five maybe definitely top 10 yeah well uh, before we get into the episode though um uh you know, a co- uh, I guess uh, a couple of episodes ago, uh, released just before we were recording this, um, uh, Mitch, you you uh, got a little surprise for everybody. I did. Um, so this is roughly uh, anniversary time for MetaWatch. Um, happy anniversary, Colin. Um, and <laughs> happy I anniversary. Thought, <laughs> I thought, what more could I do? What What's the best thing I could do for my very good friend, Colin? Um then get Joseph Mantiki, the voice of Metabi, to say the word Bazinga for our podcast. And wouldn't you know it, uh, I messaged him out of the blue and uh, was very super nice, was like more than willing to say whatever dumb thing I had to say, um, and just knocked it out of the park. Loved loved saying Bazinga. I'm going to go on the record and say, I believe Joseph Mantiki loves saying the word Bazinga. It's not every day that you get an opportunity to say Bazinga in character for a beloved children's character you haven't played in years. Like it's it's fantastic. Uh. Yeah, um, I, I I'm so impressed. Um, all all he said was, "Hey, follow me on social media," which I was already doing. Um, <laughs> so, it, any MetaWatch listeners out there who aren't following Just Matiki, the voice of MetaB, um, he's on Twitter and he tweets. Fairly frequently. I would say yeah. he tweets more frequently than Colin does on his public Twitter. Like, <laughs> hands down. Yeah. Uh, d- well, you know, that's not hard. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just a real treat uh, talking to him. And uh, uh, sent us two clips. Uh, yes. One of they were which- both very, very good. Yeah. Uh, like, t- t- I think technically we were thinking about maybe even like re-recording our ending for whatever episode that we wanted to attach it to. And it just ended up being that like one, one of the takes that he gave us was perfect for the way that we set up the end of the episode mm-hmm. that we released. So like, yeah, no, it was a great time. Yeah, um, I, I, I cannot say how, you know, wonderful it was, um, having that happen. And now I have a clip of, uh, Metabee saying Bazinga 
that yeah. I'm going to clip uh, out. And in the following years, after Colin has forgotten all about me as a human being, I'm going to occasionally <laughs> send the MP3 file. You know what? WMV. I'm going to have fun with it. Uh, send yeah. it to Colin. I've just meant to be saying Bazinga. Uh, sending me an MP4 of... Uh, um fucking metabee in a sweater vest uh with just the the sound bite of bazinga i'll send you a dot um, zun file <laughs> yeah uh the i mean well the more important thing is now that we have several clean takes of beetle noises yeah uh, i love it yeah uh that's my uh my notification sound now <laughs> so yes thank you joseph uh thank you mr matiki uh made us all happy for christmas uh <laughs> Oh man. Um so now that we we can say thanks for those memories. The memories that Joseph Matiki has given us. Uh Mitch, do we want to talk about um the original episode that we're covering tonight? I, How Spike got his style back? Yeah, um I I love Spike. It's no secret. Spike is quite possibly the best character in the show. I I've been saying that a lot with Genkai, with Sam, with Spike, but like it's all true. I have great taste. Um and having Get another Spike episode. This is how we know Metabots, their original writers are back. Because <laughs> we didn't hear shit from Spike while they were gone. They come back, well, the writing gets good again, and we get another Spike episode. That is not a coincidence. That is yeah, on purpose. I mean, we, did, we, got a, we got a Sloan episode, but Sloan is very um, Genkai adjacent. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of a proto-Genkai. So it's not a surprise that he would show up in Damashi. But yeah, Spike has gotten uh, no zero respect in Dimashi. well okay <laughs> spike getting zero respect is par for the course but like he's getting less <laughs> screen getting time. less attention uh, <laughs> yeah now mitch i have, re- I have a really important um uh a question to ask you as we get into this episode uh have you read the hit 1996 novel or seen the hit 1998 romantic comedy drama based on it um you know, of course, written by Terry McMillian, uh, directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan. Um, are you familiar with the Titanic late 90s property of how Stella got her groove back? Because yeah. I'm not. Oh, yeah. I've seen it like, I want to say like three or four times. I'm a big rom-com fan. Like, no joke. Okay. I, I've been sharing a lot on this podcast about how um, I may or may not understand how in, to enjoy anything. I don't think you can enjoy things ironically. I think you just lie yeah. to yourself. A property is fun. It's good. It may not be fun and good, but it can be at least one of those things and you enjoy it. Just own up to it. Um, and I enjoy rom-coms. Um, I enjoy bad rom-coms. And I've seen How Stella Got a Group Back multiple times. And you know what? It's not bad. It's 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 fine. It's fun. It, it deserved to be a hit. It was empowering back in the day. <laughs> what else... What other empowering movies were going on back then, huh? <laughs> you know what? That's what you should do before there are next episode. You should watch this movie, Colin. Not not the audience, Colin. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I mean, I will say, like, I have nothing against romantic comedies. Um, I I do think that they're I I think they're good. I think that uh, they like uh, you know, for example, uh, th- this movie cost two million dollars to make. Um. And uh, doubled it and doubled its budget for for revenue, uh, which is you know good. Forty million is good, solid like numbers for any movie. Any movie mm-hmm. that can make like you know forty million, it, I I think should be considered a success. Um, uh, absolutely. Uh, 
And I'm sure like that the residuals and royalties that the guy's getting from the novel is fantastic too. Like the rom coms are often derided for, you know, their quote unquote like cultural importance or whatever. But like this is what a lot of people make their money on. This is a very reliable like source of of income for people in like Mm -hmm. the film and writing industry. Um and uh you know I I don't I'm sure I've brought this up on some kind of podcast I've been on that people listening have heard. But you know I I I minored in film in college. Um I took screenwriting courses uh and you know in uh kind of my like capstone screenwriting course like uh, it the the guy made it very clear like there is nothing wrong with writing a rom com or any other like formulaic uh street like you know movie for that class mm-hmm. uh that like you know you're gonna get a lot of difficulties out of like uh you know a non formulaic screenplay uh because you you are not gonna know like where you should take it and you only have the fucking ten weeks that we're doing this this course to write it kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which so like yeah like uh, uh there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the formulaity of a rom-com uh because that really gives you the room to actually write really good dialogue i don't think that we give like you know it's cliche to think of you know how witty like rom-coms can be because uh you know they can be a little too pithy and snarky but yeah. like you're you have to write really really good dialogue for those movies and you are basically have to be able to like change them on the fly to whatever two gigantic movie stars you get to star in that movie uh because that's what they are they're they're uh you know a, a rom-com is a delicate sea salt cracker that you put an incredibly fine cheese and an incredibly fine jam on top of, uh, because it's a it's a star delivery system, and there is nothing wrong with anything involved in that. Uh, you like, <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> yeah, the sea salt cracker, the jam and cheese. You had me for everything else. I, w- I was fully yeah. on board, but you lost me at the the jam cheese cracker. Well, crackers are all well. I mean, also much like how even if a rom com seems simple, it's, they're actually quite difficult to write. Just mm-hmm. as uh, while a, a cracker uh, might seem incredibly plain and boring, actually one of the more difficult breads to make. And it's all about making sure that you have a nice, pleasurable experience where you get to see Ryan Reynolds and Gwyneth Paltrow make out or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to think whether uh, or not they case, were in the same uh, movie. Angela Bassett <laughs> and I assume Tay Diggs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's a lot of reasons uh, rom-coms are genuinely pretty fun. Um, I say that as the only genuine channel on television that I do watch on occasion is Hallmark. Because you know what? <laughs> Everybody loves uh, a city girl going to the country around Christmas time. Like, you have to. <laughs> um but like there there's a lot of reasons these are you know critically panned. One, rom-coms are like one of the biggest like in quotes chick flicks out there and you know most media directed at women gets made fun of. And How Stella Got Her Groove Back was a very uh, it was I believe almost entirely uh, a black cast. So like Oh yeah. I mean yeah. that's the other thing is like uh you know if if you are going to get a, a a a movie primarily directed at the black market that has like a fully African American staff, usually will or uh, cast, uh, usually will actually have like an African American director, or writer, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you're it's either going to be uh, a comedy 
a rom-com, uh, a slave-related drama, or some weird little indie movie. Uh, and that's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it sucks that this is where, you know, uh, these things kind of get pigeonholed, but like fucking Angel of Bassett's great. Like yeah. I, it, it is actually honestly weird. I've never seen this movie. <laughs> no, it's, it's generally a really good movie. Um, I, I, I looked at the cast list again. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I genuinely really liked this film. Um, it's got yeah, a lot of fucking good people. Whoopi in Goldberg's in this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, she's the one who, um, if I'm remembering correctly, she's the one who coaches uh, Stella, Angela Bassett, on yeah. how to get that groove back, how to readjust her life. Like, it's it's a good movie. Um, Much in the way that Nye uh, coaches Spike later in this episode. <laughs> exactly. Um, really... What I think what we're trying to get across is um, I think Spike should be in a uh, a rom com. Um. Oh man, I know we're like knee deep in a uh, a fucking tangent right now, but I did. Uh, Regina King is like the the fourth build person on this movie. Did you know that Regina King was in the Big Bang Theory from 2013 to 2019? Look, okay, <laughs> we've we've already opened a lot of doors for me tonight, but um. <laughs> I, I have watched almost every single episode of The Big Bang Theory, and I do have to point out and admit it is not because I enjoy the show, because I generally do not enjoy the show. I think it is um, not just awful and unfunny, but genuinely harmful to society at large, but I have still seen most of the episodes. So, yes. I, um, I, Mitch, I've, I've also watched a portion of Big Bang Theory. I'm going to determine how much right now. Um, uh, probably... Let's see, seven to eight to nine to ten to eleven. Probably like three or four se- seasons of of that show. That is child's play. <laughs> I think the first series. I think the first season is actually not terrible. No, honestly, uh, the the first season. Uh, feel free to cut this out. The first season is actually about how um how hard it is to adjust being like this nerdy character like character in a world not necessarily built for you. And how navigating that from your point of view can be difficult as opposed to um, like an outsider's view of society versus um, the later seasons, which are just, hey, looking at these fucking weirdos, don't they kind of suck, actually? Um, It's a very weird. The the first season, the first season actually has some legitimately good math jokes in it, too. Um, I think is like and and it's not until after that first season where probably like uh the the oh god the guy who was like show running it is like the big showrunner for that yeah. network uh he's the same guy who did like two and a half minutes and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah and it really makes sense that probably this was uh not he was not actually show running the first season it's probably like the 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 whoever is like credited as like the creator who was and they didn't think that it was going to do well enough to get more seasons and when it did that's when that guy took over yeah. as as showrunner like like legit officially and that's when you start to see all of his hallmarks and and you start seeing like the writing get really really misogynist and not, not that there isn't some fucking gross bullshit in that first season no, yeah but absolutely like, yeah but it, um, but it felt like it felt like gross bullshit because like yeah i do know nerds and they are they they are like that sometimes and like they yeah. should learn better and hopefully the show will have them learn better and then unfortunately um they just i mean they're sitcom characters they only become worse over time but yeah um yeah. It, it definitely felt to me like hey this first season we have a television show um and it struck with a different audience than what we were hoping to attract and we're just <laughs> gonna run with that 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I have seen almost every single episode of The Big Bang Theory. Um, and I'm not proud of that fact. But um, I was cursed by a wizard, and I cannot tell a lie on a podcast. So yeah. <laughs> I had to admit it. Um, it's okay. I think... Um I want to say I started watching it, uh, one, because I was a big How I Met Your Mother fan, uh, and yeah. which, God, what a what a oblique, terrible time <laughs> of my life. Um, and two, I think, like, a, the girl I was dating at the time, like, really wanted to watch it, and that was, like, a, a way that we bonded during, like, long-distance periods during college or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah. See, uh, I it's kept getting... a bad show. <laughs> I kept getting, hey, this show reminds me of you. And I'm like, which... Which really bad character that's very insulting to me do you think I'm like? <laughs> and uh, they could never give me an answer. So, uh, yeah. Um, but this is a very good show that we were watching. Metabots. Yeah. Uh, with a great character that we all love, Spike. And um, yeah. did he did he get a new voice for Damashi? Because I haven't Who listened knows? to Sub Damashi. And uh, this, is, this is a different voice than I'm used to hearing. It's, it, it's been a while, uh, but I'm pretty sure it is the same voice actor. Okay. Um, him and Crosser Dog. Uh, they sound close really? enough that I am i don't feel like I need to look it up to see if they are or not. Really? Because this is not what yeah. I remember Crosser Dog sounding like at all. I, I, I would have put money on him being different. And Spike was like, who knows? But wow. Uh, huh. Um, um, you know, it's, I mean, it, it has been a while. I have a bad memory. If, if you want to fact check me after the show is done, that, that, that is totally fine. Uh, no, I don't fact check anything. I just say things that if they're true, they're true. If they're not, they're not Then whatever. Um, that's podcasting baby. Uh, that's why we're not writers. Uh, we have two children get a ball stuck in a tree and arguing about it. Yes. Um, and, uh, they, they need help. Spike and Crosser Dog happen by and they ask him for help. And he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, he, so he has Crosser Dog try to shoot the branch down. And Crosser Dog cannot shoot for his fucking life. Takes like, you know, one shot and it misses and then three or four more shots and it miss and they, they all miss. And it's just like, uh, the kids are getting really frustrated and he's like embarrassed that he can't shoot straight. Um, it's that monkey metal in a dog body. Like yeah. monkeys and dogs, classic enemies. We know um, this. Which, it's because of the space uh, race. We, well, we know this, but I don't think the show know, knows this based on uh, what's going to happen later yeah. in the episode. Um, unless you know uh, you manage to scare up some fucking subtracts for this, and and we could find out what what they're doing in the Japanese language. I'm um, still trying, and I still fail. Yeah, uh, but uh, Bulk and Skull show up, who we still have not learned the names of. Uh, and they're hassling him about, you know, how he can't even shoot a fucking ball out of a tree, mm -hmm. uh, and challenge him to a match. They get uh, a, they have a really good line here that I very yeah. much like, um, Spike goes, Hey, you can't make fun of us to which they go, what are you going to do if we don't? And he goes, nothing. Keep making fun of us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yes, I love a coward. It's so good. There, are, there is a lot of good punch up in this mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. uh, we have maybe one of my greatest, like, or one of my favorite, yeah. like, just fucking throwaway lines in the world showing up after this fight. Uh, now, hold on. But this is Hold on. Yeah. Now that I'm not watching the sub, we can't say it's a punch up. It might be line for line. This is, I think this is punch up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sam shows up to the rescue. Uh, 
uh, you know, she's she's gonna uh, save uh, Spike and Crosser Dog. She's ready to do a two on two. Uh, you know, even the odds, and also we know that she knows how to row battle, unlike Spike. Um, and uh, we just we get straight into this fight. Uh, and the problem is that Crosser Dog can't fucking shoot. Uh, he gets knocked out almost immediately. Like you know, the the other two go to charge Pepper Cat, and then one of them drops drops back to take care of Crosser Dog, knocks him out in one hit. Uh, Pepper Cat gets stuck between Exor and Unitrix. Uh, tries to escape and can't manage to get out and, uh, ends up having to forfeit. Um, uh, it's, it's bad. Uh, um, remember when Pepper Cat was a punchline to a joke just a couple episodes ago? Yeah. I'm glad that's She's actually, gone. she, she fights well in this, in this episode and they make it clear that the only reason she can't win this fight is because it is turned onto a two on one because Crosser Dog sucks. And that's good. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> the animation for this fight is also phenomenal. Um, they, they she does go a from, fucking like electric attack with her tail plug yeah, yeah. that like uh, fucks uh, like Exor up for a little bit or no Unitrix Unitrix but like yeah it's it's good the animation's good again yeah like <laughs> like the tail whip was really cool um and then like she would bounce back and forth depending on um depending on how close they were you know looking at her between um the traditional pepper cat like on model look. And then a cartoonier, uh, pupiled version as she was doing something silly or like like comedic, and like yeah. I love that. Give me more of that. I'm fine. Uh, I'm just glad Pepper back. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it's good that we have our boys here. It's good that we have uh, Sam and and Spike and Pepper Cat and Crosser Dog. But you know, we're always asking when Genkai is not on screen. Where is Genkai? Genkai is now here with Arc Dash. Uh, he shows up uh, ready to challenge these two guys uh, for being assholes and and take care of business. Uh, and they refer to Sam and Spike as the Loose Screws Club, mm-hmm. which is maybe the funniest thing I've heard in my fucking life. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to be the line. I thought it was going to be Genkai's line that you were laughing at. Yeah, that was good. I, I thought it was yeah. very clever of normally um, shitty henchmen don't get good lines. But like, that's a good line. Um my thing was, um, so Genkai says, gentlemen, how about you both try to teach me a lesson? But I warn you, I'm a very quick study. And I'm like, that <laughs> That feels like a misstep to me. Like, it should be, gentlemen, how about you both try to teach me a lesson? But I have to warn you, I'm an awful student. Like, that feels <laughs> a little better. Because yeah. you don't, when someone tries to teach you a lesson, you don't want to learn the lesson. <laughs> that means you got your ass kicked, right? Well, I do, because I'm a fucking nerd. But that's that's beyond the point. Uh <laughs> I'm getting my ass kicked for education. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you joke, but uh, I have had uh, a 50-year-old man beat the shit out of me with a sword, and I learned a lot from it. Uh, yeah, I don't understand college. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, understand so, what that had to do with filmmaking, but I'll, I'll agree with it. These were postgraduate studies. Thank you. Uh, so Arc Dash takes each of them out with a railgun shot. It's very good. Uh, they both get flung into the river. Um, Sam is immediately mad that he butted in. Um, but, uh, you know, Genkai explains he just couldn't stay on the side of those bullies uh, and had to step in. And if it was against the rules, it was against the rules. It's fine. And um, uh, Mitch, mm-hmm. Sam blushes. Sam blushes. And then Genkai blushes? I'm telling you. Like, this is the sleeping ship. I'm not sure they're going to get together in the series. But, like, 
Oh, they're not because Genkai's going to die when they confess <laughs> to each other. Like, he's going to get shot through the heart by a kilobot bullet, uh, and they're, he's going to fall into Sam's arms, and he's going to be about to proclaim, like, his love to her, and she's going to say, I know, and then he's going to die. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be the saddest thing we've ever fucking seen in our lives. <laughs> Man, if only, if only Genkai's dying in Sam's arms and goes, I love you. And she goes, yeah, you fucking would. And then, like, he's dead. <laughs> like, that would be wonderful. I, I mean, it yeah. would be awful because Genkai is, again, one of the best written characters in the kids' television show in a long time. Oh, it'll happen at the very last episode. Don't worry. Uh. <laughs> but, yeah, um, like, there's something between these two. And I, I like, there is as much between Genkai and Sam as there is between Arc Dash and Metabee. Yeah, uh, I I think this is I don't know like we've we've seen them do stuff like this before, but usually it's more the point of the episode. And the fact that this really doesn't come up again this mm-hmm. episode means makes me feel like this is going to be a plot point. Like they are this is this is a capital S ship that they're doing now. Yeah, um, it's, it's which given be. that you know uh, Karen's not in the show anymore. Um, I th- I think we're pretty much in the clear for uh, avoiding an Arika icky thing. Well, we point. get we get a little bit later. That still makes me go. They want it to happen. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to actually do it. No, no, they're uh, not going to do it. But I, I think the if they were actually going to yeah. do it, we would have gotten more earlier on. Uh, yeah, hopefully, as long as they don't end with like a very shippy like episode where like everyone's happy or something. Ugh. But yeah, um, yeah. Oh, you Very mean cute. as long as we don't end with a thing where we find out that, uh, uh, you know, fucking uh, Sloan is an astronaut who went to space and uh, Icky and uh, 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 fucking um, Sam get together or something like that, like the Digimon ending is what you're getting oh, at. <laughs> I was going to go with an even worse ending where we skip to like 15 years down the road and Icky's telling his kid, you're, you're named after the two bravest people I know, Metabot Rakusho, Tenryo. I, it would actually probably be Metabot Sea uh, Slug Tenryo. Um, yeah, <laughs> Aki Aki Sea Slug Tenryo uh, is what he it, names his child. It's got to be after one of the bad guys. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so Arkdash. Uh, yeah, that's why I said Aki. Um, Arkdash shoots the ball <laughs> out of the tree as the scene ends. Uh, yeah, which is very um, casually, just bam. Uh. We cut to later, Spike is afraid he's going to get kicked out of the team for sucking, uh, so they decide they're going to train up. Um, um, they do They do some running, I, they do I'm some sorry. shooting. I have to point this out, because it's very important. Um, yeah? Colin, I, I know you've always been cool. Like, I, I, without a doubt, everyone knows that. untrue. Yeah. As long as you've known me, sure. But... <laughs> no, your whole life, you're, you know, you're the cool guy. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, see me, you know, I uh, very clearly I'm always the loser the on the outside, um, which is why I've also almost always have been the treasurer of whatever club I've joined <laughs> when right. I was. Uh, so, yeah, Mitch, Spike, Mitch, I was the treasurer of, of the the student art organization that I joined in college. I do need you to know yeah. that uh, <laughs> I was the treasurer of my uh, my college philosophy uh, debate club. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're the treasurer when you're the loser that can't get a good job at the club. Yeah. And Spike is the treasurer of the screws, which also means Spike's probably also paying for everything the screws do, which is why he's probably. still around, which I, I love that added characterization for Spike. Yeah. Is, Hey, Spike, you have to pay for our drinks today. Like 
you know, yes, boss, like done. But yeah, I had to point that out because they just him saying that line, just these people know who Spike is yeah, just from no, that one line. Yeah. Because we know Sloan's the manager. He is, you know, he yeah. technically Sloan is the one uh, paying for everything, but he's, he's then expense reporting it all to Spike, and then Spike <laughs> just gives Sloan all of his money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, th- they go through a training sequence. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they do some running through some mist. Uh, they shoot at some cans and completely miss. Uh, they end up attending Nye's Row Battling 101 for literal actual babies class. Uh, <laughs> it's very Which Which um, this is where Nye surprises them with Icky and Metabee are here are as her uh, teaching assistants, uh, which Icky immediately gets upset and freaked out at Spike being here. He thinks this is some kind of trick on the screw's behalf. Um, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm really here to learn. And this is when Nye reveals uh, her Nye's trick uh, to Icky that, oh, well, you know, she did want to she did want to have a surprise. So if Icky wants one, she also invited Genkai and Arkdash here to teach as well. <laughs> I, I just I love Spike's defense of going, no, this isn't a trick. I'm genuinely very stupid. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah. Um, he's he's actually mad at Icky going, I'm a legitimate student and you're wasting valuable class time. Which, yeah. <laughs> like, this this feels like a one-off joke that Nye tie, ties into teaching him. But, like, the rest of the episode is Spike trying to legitimately learn from Icky and what Icky yeah. does. Like, he's, like, this isn't a bit. Like, he's, yeah. hey, I'm trying to improve myself. Icky, you're the best person for me to learn from. Please actually give me good advice. Um, yeah. I, like, it's Icky very good. is literally the best meta fighter that Spike knows, and mm-hmm. also a complete fucking idiot, just like he is. So, yeah. like, you know, who else to learn from? <laughs> it's not like he can go, hey, Genkai, I'm going to emulate you, because that's basically his new dad. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, uh, it, like, Genkai is not coming from the same background Spike is. Genkai was competent, became kind of evil, and then back to good and also competent. <laughs> Like, yeah. th- there's nothing for Spike to relate to there. Also, Genkai knows what he's doing, and yeah. uh, Spike will never be able to do that. No, uh, absolutely, <laughs> will never not. have that knowledge. It's it's um, it's a good bit here. You know, Nye invited Genkai not because he's good, because he's really good, but mostly just to tweak Itchy, uh, Icky right there, real quick. Just just really yeah. quick. Uh, so we get a quick uh, exhibition match between B and Arkdash uh, to teach the kids. Uh, Metabi does a sick, uh, jumping into the sun technique, uh, so that he can, uh, get out of, um, uh, Arkdash's line of sight, move in and, and grab him from behind. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they are about to kind of finish this match when Nye calls it off, reminds them that they're just here to learn, uh, tactics and strategy, uh, and, uh, specifically reminds Spike that, yes, you can think about things while in a battle, uh, <laughs> that, that a battlefield exists and plans, uh, and, uh, specific choices, uh, can be made during a battle. Uh, <laughs> so my notes here says it's very clear that Nye listens to MetaWatch because yeah. she outright says Icky's strength is his ability to incorporate his environment into his matches. It's a brilliant strategy. Yeah, that's that's what we've been going on since at <laughs> least since the um, the Yakuza episode with Coach Man Mountain. Rest in yeah. peace. Like, like that's that's all we've been harping at. Hey, 
Damashi's problem is there's not enough cool environmental shit. And she goes, that's yeah. Iggy's strength, is using yeah. his environment to win. And that's great. Um, S- Spike does say that he is an idiot, though, and he does not mm-hmm. know if he can do those things, which is mm-hmm. when uh, she tells him, well, he just needs to work on his, his row-battling style. And not in the fashion sense, but just like, you know... Uh, having a specific way that you row battle that works for you. And he should, he should watch other people row battle to understand exactly what that is for him. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Uh, Genuinely. Yeah. Um, listen, if you can't be, um, if you can't be a spike, be, be it, or shit. I, I do this every time. Um, if you can't, if you can't be a spike, be a Johnny, you know, the greatest <laughs> way to learn about yourself is to learn about other people and go, ew, like, that's how you know yourself better. Yeah. <laughs> is by being disgusted by other people or being going, oh, okay, they did a good job. I want to do that. I can't, but I want to do it. That's how you learn about yourself. Good advice. Yeah. Um, um, so step so, one, we yeah. cut to the next day at school and Spike watches Icky lose at a rock, paper, scissors match. Mm-hmm. Which is <laughs> important because now we know yeah. Icky still is an idiot, even if he's good at meta battling, which makes him yeah. more relatable for Spike again. Yeah. A very important. Um yeah, uh, Spike starts grilling Arika about Icky's mm-hmm. strategy, and uh, she believes that the key to it is the fact that he's always willing to take charge. Um, you know, uh, she tells the story about when they were playing Kick the Can or Hide and Go Seek or whatever the fuck the game was, and uh, while everybody went off to go hide, um, Icky just ran a little bit and stood in place to freak the kicker out. Uh and when the kicker got freaked out, he kicked the can away from him. Um, yeah. This is where I think, again, they're like, hey, look, we're not going to ship these. We're not going to, like, they're not going to end up together. But I want you to know that that's what we want. Because the way Arika says, Icky still in that girls are icky phase. Oh, like, yeah. There it is was, that whole bit. Yeah. It was just a little, just a little too despondent for me to go, oh, yeah, like, hey, I'm his friend. And he still thinks I'm kind of gross, which is weird, even though we're best friends. It was. Yeah. It was just a little bit too um, painful for her to say, which could just be how the voice actress read it. But yeah, it, it definitely comes across as Arika still wanting Icky to grow up, which was weird. Like, yeah, get, well, go it, back it to the other thing where like, like I, I am willing to read this as Arika wants Icky to grow up mm-hmm. so that they can be- get back to a normal friendship like yeah. they had before when Icky was aware that. Arika is a girl. Uh, you know what? That is also a very good way to read that. Yeah, because uh, we then, we know we know Arika's um, uncomfortable around gender herself. Yeah, for various reasons, and like I, I'm that's an egg that needs to be cracked, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's how the show ends. <laughs> God, please, please give me non-binary Arika ending. Uh, <laughs> Arika's gender is news. Uh, <laughs> no that's a podcast title (laughs) yeah oh man um we then got over to zuru who's talking to spike uh and zuru tells him it's you know icky style mostly comes down to confidence um that you know a lot of it is just like you know having confidence in the plans that you make and in moving forward with them um and the the fine line is when you become overconfident and get into situations that uh you aren't prepared for and can't handle and that's his opinion of Icky is that Icky is in fact more reckless than he is successful uh which you know does actually pan out for mm-hmm. Dimashi at least considering that um 
Uh, Icky has lost more battles than he's won in this season. Yeah, <laughs> he says Icky kind of keeps crossing that line back and forth just repeatedly. Um, but he does pay like some actual genuinely good um, compliments towards Icky, saying um, he's very confident. And that confidence yeah. is not just in his abilities, because he's a very good metafighter, but also in um, Metabee's abilities and how Metabee's um, drive isn't going to let Icky down. So he yeah. can have like full faith in his partner to follow through with what he wants to do. And like how like that is the like where Icky's confidence comes from. And that's a genuinely really good thing to say about this kid that you keep saying isn't your friend, Zuru. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I just this is I mean it's it's an important thing, mm-hmm. especially to have in this episode, to say that Icky has never lost a match. Uh, for any reason other than he wouldn't win that match. Yeah. Uh, and despite that, Icky keeps going on and keeps having fights, uh, especially the way that the ending goes. I feel like this is like a, a good little nod towards the fact that like, you know, uh, confidence is important and it's okay to lose. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget, Icky just beat one of the toughest like metabots ever made without firing a gun. Just like, the other episode. This is true, yeah. By using his environment. Yeah, really getting back to those fundamentals that he had to use before he was a fucking champion. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, it, like we're learning almost as much about Icky as we are about Spike this episode, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm very happy with this episode. This is, you know, as much as I really don't like, um, you know, we had those back-to-back episodes of of Icky and Genkai not getting along, mm-hmm. where it seemed like we had already, like, buried this hatchet and we really shouldn't need this plotline anymore. Um, but it is, I don't know, it does feel like we're, the, the writing team is trying to play catch-up and actually give Icky some character growth that we didn't have for the first, you know, half or more of this show. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we cut to another um, uh, montage. Crosser Dog has finally learned how to shoot straight. Again. Uh, despite being a monkey metal in a dog body. Um, and also, despite uh, the uh, upgraded stuff in Crosser Dog, uh, having already solved this in the previous show, mm-hmm. uh, um, we get a cool, like, kind of montage of, like, him and Spike, like, planning out uh, how this um, this battle is going to go down of this uh, while they're on this balcony overlooking uh the 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 battleground spike is talking about using the sandboxes in the playground as a trap that they can lure the enemy uh uh you know uh metabots into mm-hmm. um and this is when we cut to everybody uh at a payphone overhearing that um uh uh minotaro and Cantar are going to have a rematch with spike um, yeah. Mitch, who are these characters that are being referenced? I have no idea. Who are these names that we're hearing for the first time ever? I have no <laughs> idea, and I'm sure, like, they're never going to come up again. Because what ends up happening is instead of fighting these two brand new names we've never heard. Instead of fighting Minotauro and Kantar, yeah. They're going to fight Bulk and Skull. <laughs> because these names are tossed out. I've Googled them uh, repeatedly. I, I mean, I was just typing the same word over and over again into Google and hitting enter, hoping it'd be a different result. But like, I was googling them, and like, I got nothing. I don't, I don't think anyone else has watched Damashi as far as we have, at least. Uh, this seems like a <laughs> massive mistake on on at least the dub's part uh, to have not include these two characters' names because I feel like I would have remembered if yeah. their names were Minotaro and Kantar. Uh. So. 
who look which one of you is the minotaro which one of you is the cantar <laughs> this is a good question uh i is minotaro the big guy is is he the small guy because kentar feels like the small guy because kentar you know like feels more talky to me than minotaro uh, so- yeah, I mean, so like, I think my immediate thing is, like, we hear Minotaro before Kantar, and, like, usually when we see them show up, um, the bigger guy's on the left and the smaller guy's on the right. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I assume. But remember, uh, Japanese is read uh, left to or right, <laughs> right to left instead of left to right. So I think maybe the smaller guy might be Minotaro and the bigger guy might be Kantar. Yeah, but Kantar could be written, like, cancer which could be referring to the different way he's talking which goes to the little guy who's got a funny little voice well so here's the important thing we never hear these names spoken in a scene where both of those characters are or where they could confirm who which mm-hmm. one is which so it doesn't fucking matter still yeah. and at least for the rest of this uh rest of this episode we don't hear those names again and yeah like i was saying before the show that Normally, especially in a kid's show, but normally in almost any show, if a character is going to get introduced, they say their name the first time they appear. So that way, even people who haven't seen the show before know the guy's name. Well, that's that's simply a smart thing for any like not to go back to the previous conversation about me fucking like having a minor in film and taking screenwriting class. They do that almost Uh, every Big Bang Theory episode. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, like you need to (laughs) remind people what the names of the characters are so that you can establish a rapport and they won't just call them. Oh, that's the guy who says Bazinga every episode. He they introduce Penny before Sheldon knocks on the door saying Penny, 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 you know, like we know this. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's film writing 101 yeah <laughs> uh, uh but yeah minotaro and cantor i I, so, don't, I don't know the important thing about this scene is that sam's upset to find out about this uh, find out about this rematch especially because he specifically set this rematch up as a one-on-two mm-hmm. uh he, she doesn't want him to let to like ruin the screw's reputation and makes it clear if he loses this match he's out of the group mm-hmm. um uh we cut to the next morning, um, and the best laid plans of spikes and dogs have been utterly thrown into disarray because uh, tonight, Mitch, uh, confirming we have no idea what time of year it is, it snowed. <laughs> to be fair, um, this was um, in the early 2000s, so global warming wasn't as bad, so snow does happen, and it could happen in between any time between, I don't know, September and April at least in my area. So we still don't know what time it is. Yeah, but uh, Mitch, uh, the, you don't live in a climate similar to Tokyo. I do. Well, it doesn't, it, it does not snow until January. <laughs> that's, that's how it is now for me. Last weekend of <laughs> December, it'll snow like an inch and a half. And then uh, that's, that's how it is now anymore. Mitch, it hasn't snowed here in like three years. Maybe yeah, well, four. <laughs> yeah, well, do something about it. I am. Mitch, you know what my job is. <laughs> yeah, a podcast maker. Yeah, I'm certainly not an environmental lobbyist, Mitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, what a good episode. Um, yeah, so it's fucking, it's snowed. It's, it's, it's snowed all over town. Mm-hmm. Um, Spike is despondent. His entire plan's been thrown into, into disarray. And this is when... Um, one, 
Crosser Dog reminds him, hey, listen, Snow, this is this is better for us. You can just <laughs> do your your sand trap plan everywhere now because there's snow everywhere. It's the same fucking thing. Um, and then we also cut over to early in the morning. Sloan has just gotten out of the bath. He gets a phone call. He picks it up. And he's he gets told something incredulous, but he agrees to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we cut to the battlefield, the snow-covered playground. Uh, Spike is here. Uh, everyone is here as Spike and Crosser Dog show up. Crosser Dog is wearing a very fashionable cape. Uh, this is a strategy that I'm. We know for a fact uh, that Spike has gotten from Icky uh, and Metabi and Rakusho. Yeah, uh, because we've done it. They've done it before. Uh, <laughs> like, never in Metabots has a character shown up in a cape and not just kicked ass. Um, Note a cape wearer, this is, Colin. <laughs> is this true to real life? Yes, it is. Uh, as a cape wearer, uh, which I'm so excited for it to get cold for me to start wearing capes again. Um, uh, and remi- reminder to all of our listeners out there: a blanket is a cape if you own a brooch pin. Uh, and people will compliment you for it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say a blanket is a cape if you've got the confidence. Uh, listen, uh, I, you know, I, I have a, I have a, a wool tartan, uh, throw blanket, uh, that I do wear as a cape when it gets cold and it's very fashionable and people will compliment me on it all the time. I love it. Uh, I believe anyways. It, yeah. Yeah, uh, so Crosser Dog proceeds to do some absolute fucking ninja shit, Mm -hmm. um, is, like, disappearing in and out of the snow, is, like, flying around, I assume, I I can't see his arms, but I assume they're pointed directly behind him, um, Absolutely. And the, re- yeah, the reveal is after he dives into the snow, some snow, pops out and starts shooting and throws the cape off, um, he uh the the whole thing that uh Spike and uh, got Sloan to agree to is to let him borrow Keith Turtle's hover legs, uh, so that he can maintain speed across all of the snow. It's mm-hmm. a fucking genius move. This is great. And yeah. already we see that uh the both of the kilowatts uh, are are taking a hammering to their torso and heads. They're taking a lot of damage to those spots specifically. So mm-hmm. Crosser Dog is shooting accurately. <laughs> so I I got two things to say here. Yeah. One, how many times per episode do I go on and on about about how the reason Metabots Damashi sucks compared to the original series is they don't change parts enough. It's at least once yeah. an episode on average. Like no joke. <laughs> go back and do yeah. the math. But um so now we're getting environmental fighting. We're getting uh part swapping to suit said environment. Like this alone would make this one of the best episodes of Metabot Damashi. Add in spike to that. It's great. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, this is just a classic Metabots episode. Yeah. Like, uh, it really makes me hopeful for the mm-hmm. next 12 before we fucking close this shit out. Uh. But the other thing I want to point out at is how incredibly right I am in almost everything I say. Um, you are. Yeah. I just said, every time you put on a cape, you kick ass in Metabots. Yeah. So what happens? <laughs> he takes off his cape and then immediately starts losing. <laughs> he does. Uh, if he would have kept the cape the, uh, on, he would have won. He d- he does a good job of of you know uh, of of a quick early game, but uh, you know, uh, uh, the Bulk and Skull clearly not Minotauro and Kantar, but Bulk and Skull, um, uh, you know, go into action mode. They go into Kitty Car mode. and Exor. They go into Kitty Car mode, and they basically just plow away a huge section of snow around uh, um, Crosser Dog. 
Yeah. You know how so good cars are at moving snow around? <laughs> they do that. Well, they're ki- they're kitty cars, though. So they, they do have the little claws. And they can really, like, kind of scoop it up as they go. You know, right. I, I totally believe this. I forget how much cats love just moving snow around with their hands. I, I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of it more in the snowplow cow catcher kind of way that they're both their little paws are. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, yeah, they do immediately just, like, because of this, uh, one of them grabs Crosser Dog from behind. The other one just starts gut punching him over and over again. Uh, yeah, and he's uh, about to die. Spike forgets to actually shoot, and Crosser Dog obviously isn't going to do anything without being told. But, like, for the next, like, three minutes, Spike just goes, oh, no, and just stands yeah. there frozen, which I understand. Spike's, yeah. Spike's still trying to wrap his head around it, his plan working in the first place, let alone it falling apart. Yeah. Um, and they give him, they, they, let, they let Crosser Dog fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. Just in time for uh, you know them to say, "All right, we're gonna just, we're gonna kill you and destroy your metal now," uh, which you know, Spike. This is maybe maybe the most beautiful episode in t- mm-hmm. the entirety mm-hmm. of Metabas mm-hmm. Spike, with a tear running down his cheek, uh, just starts you know talking in his watch to give Crosser Dog this hope hopeful message of we can still win this. You know, we're before gonna be okay. That, I believe that, in you. I have faith in you. The first thing he says is. As he's crying and like almost ready to say goodbye to Crosser Dog, goes, "Hey, buddy, are you okay?" Yeah. His very first thing he says is like, "Hey, my best friend in the world, how are you?" This is actually the thesis of Metabots Damashi, and we're finally fucking seeing it on screen. Like, it's wild. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've said all along, Spike's essentially the main character. Everyone else just gets in the screen time way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Spike and Genkai—they've been the main characters. Oh yeah, this whole for time. sure. We Whoa. know this. Yeah. Again, Genkai is going to be Spike's new adopted father in like 20 years. Yeah. Uh, That's how that works, right? I think. But yeah, uh, he he get, he gets Crosser Dog to have faith in him and faith in, in, in each other. And Crosser Dog takes one last shot, uh, hits Unitrix right in the chest and fucking kills him. <laughs> because Dead. it turns out that Crosser Dog, despite his, his monkey metal... Mm-hmm. Which we know is canceled out by how good and new Crosser Dog is, how good the parts are, has been nailing the same spot on both of these metabots the entire time. And Spike's entire idea was, well, if we shoot the same spot on their armor the entire time, eventually, even if it doesn't register as enough damage to like have the metal shoot out, the armor is just gonna crumple and we'll destroy the Tim Pet at some point. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. <laughs> Which is a brilliant idea that we've we've yeah. kind of seen before in the last series, but like not to this effect and not with this kind of emotion behind it. Yeah, uh, it's great. Like I'm good job. Yeah, and, and, and uh, then um and then we get one of the other best lines in the show, which is um bulk running up screaming, "You forgot one thing." Me and Exor and Spike very confused, going, "That's two things." <laughs> before yes. Cross the Dog dies. <laughs> Yeah, Exor finishes the fight, um, and and they walk off. Uh, you know, Spike is incredibly sad that he lost. He puts the medal back in Crosser Dog, and Crosser Dog is upset too. But that's when uh, Icky comes over and compliments them on doing such a good fight, mm-hmm. and everybody else is like backing them up on that too. Like, yeah, like you, like you went toe to toe with two guys who beat the shit out of you earlier, and you took one of them out. Like, you know, nobody does two on one fights and and wins. Yeah, uh, and and this is when and yeah. by everyone else. Like, I want to point out, 
is just a bunch of random kids who gather to watch this fight. Yeah. Who presumably have beaten Spike terribly, like um, at least a thousand yeah. times throughout their, <laughs> their Metabot career. Because <laughs> again, remember, yeah. he's fought almost everyone in town multiple times. Yeah. I mean, that was that, that was the entire plot of the, the like, uh, original show, like, early tournament arc, mm-hmm. is that Spike could not rise in the ranks because he'd already lost to every single person in town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone's cheering, and, like, generally, they're not just happy for him to do a good job. They're genuinely, like, that was genuinely very good. And yeah, we're not it was like a good fight. Uh, this isn't like a pity cheer for you. This is like, hey man, that was really, really good, and it yeah. came out of you. We're all surprised. Yeah, and this is even when Sam comes up and says, uh, even though he lost the fight, uh, she isn't going to kick him out mm-hmm. because it was a good match. Oh, well, I'm That's sorry. What, she's what was that? Uh, she says that she's uh, not going to kick him out because it was a good match. I, 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 I couldn't hear that. What was that? That's the bit she they're says, doing in the show. <laughs> Spike, Spike keeps messing with Crosser Dog as Sam says that and doesn't yeah, hear what she's saying. Uh, and it, it makes Sam so mad that she jumps at them like a fucking wild tiger. And that's what the episode ends on. <laughs> Just like Peppercat does when she fights. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was good such episode. a good episode. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't ask for more other than maybe seeing a shadowy like, group of adults in the background that we that we guess are sea slug and miss caviar living their happy yeah. married life but yeah uh it was a day. phenomenal phenomenal episode yeah. um hopefully the next couple episodes match this like if this episode is the price or is it what we get for having a clip show i'm fine with every other episode <laughs> being a clip show i can live with that i would not be but um we do have i mean our next episodes uh again not to not to uh telegraph too much but we have the metabot straight line marathon that's going to be a great episode kung fu for thought uh arika to the rescue rough on a hot tin cat i can't wait uh, for that episode Metaphors, the name's just so poor miss nye no we've got some bangers coming up uh winner take all aka metabots or friends hell yeah yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. Um, th- uh, all of Damashi, there were three episodes that stood out to me. Um, robbed Zombies, obviously, because that's a fantastic name. Uh, how Spike yeah. got his groove back, because I I love Spike. And yeah. genuinely enjoyed How Stella got her groove back. And uh, um, Rough and a Hot Tin Cat, because that's, again, yeah. an amazing wordplay. Yeah, so, no, I... I um, <laughs> I'm ready for the cutting racial of, uh, 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 you know... Uh, fucking commentary we're gonna get in that episode i guess uh oh because obviously i love that tennessee williams wrote a metabots episode (laughs) (laughs) obviously metabots has handled um you know race just as well as they've handled gender before so (laughs) it's gonna be great obviously Uh, uh you know now maybe it is who knows uh i got no idea bitch Mitch, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> they can find me at Big Bad Boy on Twitter. Um, that is going to be basically the only place to find me, I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Colin? Where can people find you? Uh, I mean, y'all know the, the fucking the, the shit. Uh, you can find me at Pagetish. You can find me at Pagetesk. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing Patreon-only episodes for uh, pod recesses if you uh, are really into gay genre, Don May animation 
Um, and Ooh. specifically, you want to hear me talk about uh, fucking, um, oh God, uh, Heaven Official's Blessing. I normally don't reference this at the end of the show because it is a Patreon-only thing, but I guessed enough on pod recesses for Modezushi that, like, you know, one, you should listen to that podcast, and two, if you want to give uh, two lesbians money, like, uh, please listen to me talk about uh, fucking Heaven Official's Blessings with one of them. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like we're doing Patreon only episodes of uh Gucci Gucci Goo a Boss Baby podcast. Like I keep pushing for. I would die before I would do that. Uh <laughs> Hey, watch what you say. You can say. find the show at Meta Watch and at Meta Roch. Uh Mhm. Yeah, you know. And follow Joseph follow Joseph Matiki on Twitter. Y- yes. What Might is Joseph well. Matiki's Twitter account? Um, um uh, at Joseph Matiki. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Oh, his display name is different. That's what that is what's putting yeah. it off. Uh, uh yeah. he tweets about um baseball mostly. And then also sometimes uh gigs he's done over time. Which is yeah, it's, more coherent than my Twitter. Yeah. Um it's not even his uh his display name that's throwing me off. It's just his icon. His icon is an icon that says vote. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Wait, hey, vote. You should. Um this uh what celebrity we can't finish that statement uh (laughs) what celebrity we get on this episode i i have no i have no idea how to end any like it was always a bit that we didn't know how to end the episodes but like where do we go from here well it wasn't it wasn't a bit for a little bit and then it became a bit that we didn't have the a bit and uh they joseph batiki gave us an outro and um i don't know (laughs) 